is on the land of the first peoples of this nation here in Seattle, that is the Duwamish who are still alive and active in this city and who make their home at the Longhouse. And I, I saw that this month they're celebrating their 12th anniversary of being at the Longhouse. Uh, so that is something exciting for them. Not an exciting time to celebrate an anniversary, but uh, a real accomplishment for folks who are really struggling to make themselves uh, recognized and seeking recognition and we support them in that. Whatever these months of pandemic and isolation bring, and they sure have dragged on, we know that the Holy Spirit is still working with us, connecting us and building us up as a community. We wanna claim this time of isolation of physical distance, not merely as something to endure, but as an experience that we share together. And it does really feel sometimes as if we're just enduring it, like we're just trying to get through the next day and the next. But I believe, and I believe that this week, we're all enduring similar feelings. So in a way we are in it together and feeling the shock and feeling the pain and anger that all of us have felt at witnessing what we did, the violence and mob rule in the nation's capital this week. We are so physically distanced from DC and yet many of us have either spent time there or lived there for years. And so we're not distanced in a way. Lots of us, I think, are really feeling acutely a place that has felt like home feel desecrated. Uh, and so that that's really painful, um, especially for those of us, those among you, not myself, but for those among you who have called that place home. Or we have friends or family members or people from among us who have connections there. For all of us, though, our, our screens, our airwaves, our Twitter feeds, our social media, that's all, you know, like that's all we've been seeing this week. And it's been full. The news has been full of it. And we're sharing those feelings of discouragement, of grief, of helplessness. Um, we will have, as I said, at least a little bit of time during our fellowship to share from our experiences of this week with each other, what emotions we've been feeling. Um, we'll hold that together with each other. And of course, the chat, as I said, is always open to share your prayers, to share what you're feeling, to share what your hopes are. Uh, as it happens today, our text is from the beginning of Luke, and it's firmly planted in the political world of its own time. Uh, Luke often will place his characters, he'll place his narration in the political landscape of its time. And in the power structures of that region, the prophet John is calling for repentance. He's calling for people to change their hearts, to change their lives so that they line up with God's kingdom instead of the empires of the world. And I have, I've been grateful for that call this week. Grateful that I, I can be in the tradition of John who's, who's naming clearly God's justice, who's naming clearly the call to repentance. John was preparing a way for Jesus who would go on and who would take that message of God's liberation, of God's justice. So when I feel disheartened or when I have felt disheartened or just uh, the pain of that this week, I've felt hope in the community of Jesus followers, of all of you especially, who can hold this together and who can be proclaimers in the wilderness, who can be those who call for justice. Uh, and Jesus will continue to guide our feet in the way of peace. And this beloved community, all of your faces on my screen this morning, that, that is hope for me. Uh, and uh, uh, this is, even though we're not, um, the text doesn't celebrate it this year. This is epiphany. So we don't get the epiphany stories in our narrative lectionary this year, but this week is epiphany week. It's the, the day where we celebrate the wise, journey, the wise travelers who, who on faith followed a light that led them to Jerusalem. And also those same wise travelers rejected the, the call of empire to do destruction and instead went another way. Um, 
and there is hope in that too. Uh, throughout Advent, we were celebrating and, you know, the beauty of dark and the, the mystery and sacredness of darkness, but that's not to reject the imagery of light and the way that the light shines in guidance that we can follow. And, uh, and that too, I feel is, um, there's a clarity, I think, in the guiding light that is Jesus' way of peace. Um, and that being said, uh, a couple of convergences in our first, in our uh, hymn of welcome. Um, one is to hear our voices singing together. Uh, several of our, our congregational songs this morning are us. They're us singing, taken from, from uh, years past. Uh, and our opening hymn for today is Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. And we'll, we'll hear Michael's voice leading us, but we'll also hear all of us. And this is from like almost exactly one year ago. Uh, and so let's, let's sing together, sing with ourselves our opening hymn. Oh, beautiful star, they have shining afar through shadows dim, giving a light for those who long Lay, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us until the glory dawn. Oh, give us the light to light the way unto the Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of hope and light, guiding the pilgrim through the night, over the mountain till the break of dawn. Into the light of perfect day, it will give out a lovely ray, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us until the glory dawns. Give us the light to Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star of hope, of rest, for the redeemed, the good and blessed. Yonder in glory when the crown is won. light our peace candle this week and every week to acknowledge God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. Today with you, I pray in rage and grief for the violence perpetrated on January 6th in our capital. 
grief for lives lost, grief for terror experienced by those there and by many of us, grief at, and rage at a democratic process interrupted, and rage at the way the fires of violence have been stoked again and again and again and again. May God's vision of a just peace for all creation bear fruit. May it bear fruit in us. May hearts and minds be changed. May repentance be born out in hearts that are filled with hatred turning toward love, especially when they're our own, they are our own hearts. Make our hearts and hands be agents of your just peace, O oh God. The peace of Christ be with each one of you and also with you. Together we pray, as I forgot to do, you can pray with me. We long for a just peace. We pray for a just peace. We choose to live for a just peace. And peace be with you. I can't say it enough. May peace be with you. Our children's time this morning is, uh, is going to be about the epiphany. I'm using some new technology. You can see my screen here. Our children's time today is about epiphany. It's a story that is about three wise travelers. And we're beginning with tra the, these travelers. Here they are, our three wise travelers. Sometimes they're called the three kings. So I'm going to give them crowns. We don't know for sure if they were, they were kings. We don't even know for sure that there were three of them. But tradition tells us that there were three kings. And I'm going to make a road. And we're going to we're going to only stay at the beginning part of the road this week. But all through these next weeks, we're going to be on a journey. We're actually going to be on the road with Jesus. But we're beginning before Jesus journey. We're beginning with these travelers, these three travelers who were I said at the beginning of worship, they were following a star. So there are three travelers following a star. These were the very first visitors to visit Jesus. They were the very first visitors to come to Jesus' home and see his family. And so there is a tradition. There's a tradition in the church that these of these three visitors who, I don't know if you can see this very well, but what I have here, a bit of a shadow, what I have here is a door. So you can see it. Oh, there's a living room I found on the internet. There's a door into a home. Each of us have a door into our homes. And we welcome people. A few, we don't welcome as many people right now as we would like to. But we come through that door and we leave through that door. And there's a tradition at this part of the year, Epiphany, that we bless the doors where people come and go, just like these three wise visitors came to Jesus and left and they brought gifts for Jesus. We know that the gifts they brought, it says in the in scripture were gold and frankincense and myrrh. And there's another tradition that the names of these wise visitors, this is a tradition that's almost as old as the Bible itself, that their names were Caspar and Melchior. I'm going to probably spell it wrong. I think that's right. And Balthazar. I think it can be spelled either with a Z or with an S. So those are the names of the visitors. 
So there is a tradition that at the beginning of the year or at Epiphany, so this is both the beginning of the new year, 2021, and it's also the celebration of Epiphany, the time when Caspar and Melchior and Balthazar came to visit Jesus and his family. So something that people in the church have been doing for a long time is taking the initials of those first visitors and using them as a blessing for their own home. So we have this door right here. And here's what, and any, anybody at home can do this too. You take a piece of chalk, I'm using my yellow pencil because it shows up really well in this black paper, that you could take a piece of chalk. We did this many years ago in our church and you can write the beginning number of the year. Can't see that very well, can you? Let's see if I can find a different color. This is what I should have tested before. I had a lighter yellow color and it disappeared on me. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna write it above. You take the beginning number of the year, so that's 20 for 2021, and then you add the initials of those wise visitors. and then the end of the number. And that becomes the blessing. So I would have wrote it, written it on the top of my door. And every time I would come in and every time I would leave, I would see that blessing and remember to be welcoming of visitors. And also remember that I go from there with as a visitor into the world, as a visitor into God's creation. So I'm gonna read a blessing on this door, on my door, on our door, on all of your doors. This is a blessing for everybody for your doors. And if you wanna take chalk later and put the ch that chalk blessing onto your door, you would be welcome to do that. May all who enter our door be welcomed as the Holy Family welcomed their visitors. May all who go out from this door bring the gift of God's peace and love to the world. Amen and amen. For our scripture reading this morning, uh, we're going back into the wilderness with John. And you are invited to be the crowd. You're, you as the crowd, your response, friends, is going to be, what should we do? So when it's your time to say, to ask that question, you can unmute yourself. Everybody's going to unmute and say, what should we do? And it's going to be a little chaotic and you're going to sound like the rabble, the crowd that was following John. And that's fine. That's kind of what we want. So I'm going to give it one practice because you're going to have to, this feels a little bit like me listening to Ori's kindergarten class. Uh, telling those kindergartners how to unmute and mute their mics. So uh, you're going to unmute, you're going to say, what should we do? And then you'll mute yourself again. So we're going to do one practice round. And I think I'm just going to go like this. And that's your opportunity to say, what should, what shall we do? What should we do? So ready? What, what, shall, what should we do? We do. <laughs> you did great. You did great, class. Hear this scripture of John in the wilderness from Luke 3. I'm going to do what was written in the book of Isaiah, the prophet. I will call out in the wilderness about the coming kingdom of God, where every valley will be filled and every mountain will be made low. All crooked ways will be made straight and the rough places will be made smooth and all people will see the salvation of God. What, what shall we, what we, do? Do? we do? Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent for the forgiveness of sins. Come and be baptized. What, what, what should we do? Prepare the way of the Lord. Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Come and be baptized. Watch. What should we do? Prepare the way of the Lord. 
anyone who has food should share with the one who has none and come and be baptized. What, what should we do? Prepare the way of the Lord. Tax collectors, do not collect any more than you are required to and come and be baptized. What shall we do? Prepare the way of the Lord. Soldiers, do not extort money. Do not accuse people falsely and come and be baptized. What shall we do? I am but a forerunner. I'm a forerunner of, I'm just a messenger. I am not even worthy to touch the shoes of the one who is coming, the Messiah. And look, even now he comes. I baptize with water, but he will baptize with fire. What should we do? Just a reminder that to make sure that you are muted so that when we sing together, we're not hearing solos. Uh, I mean, if you want to sing us a solo, we could do that later during fellowship time, perhaps. Uh, our hymn, again, is uh, hearing each other sing together. It's on Jordan, Jordan's Banks, the Baptist Prize. It looks like maybe we have a technical difficulty. We do indeed. I, I apologize, I need a moment. to begin this sermon time, this time of reflection on the word that we have heard with a prayer. Uh, this is, in fact, a haiku prayer, uh, something that was shared in a narrative lectionary group of which I am a part. My words are stuck, God. Do I rage or do I weep? Wrap me in your grace. 
I'm going to put that in the chat box as well if that's something you'd like to return to, that haiku prayer. My words are stuck, God. Do I rage or do I weep? Wrap me in your grace. I experienced a stuckness of words this week. What, what to preach, what to say. Um, on a week in some ways like none other you've ever experienced. Do I rage or do I weep? The images we have seen this week um, certainly contributed to some raging and weeping for me, and I know I am not alone in that. And I think um, my body began to understand before my conscious mind did that this is what grief feels like. This is what grief does. It rages and it weeps. There's grief for so many, so many of us gathered in this space right now together. And so many around us in our community and in our country. And that grief is exacerbated by so very many things that um, can't be exhaustively listed. But um, one piece of grief for me, one layer of grief for me this week, and I think for probably all of us who are Jesus followers, was to see Jesus and Trump conflated in troubling and dangerous ways in so very many images from the Capitol. Flags and shirts and chants. As Amy already mentioned, think grief is exacerbated another layer of grief for some of you, those of us who have called DC home. There's certainly another layer of grief for whom images from the Capitol and from the mall perhaps feel even more intimate and more personal. Grief exacerbated another layer of grief for those of us who move in this world in black bodies, in brown bodies, for whom generational trauma was certainly triggered by images this week of the Confederate flag flying freely within our nation's capital, by crowds of mostly white folks, other images of nooses, folks wearing symbols of white supremacy and white nationalist groups. I am so sorry. for each one of you who grieves this morning, which of course is each one of you to one degree or another. I am so sorry. And you're raging and you're weeping, you're grieving in this space. It belongs, it belongs. This sermon was supposed to be about discerning paths, about being on the road. And it's not entirely disconnected from some of what has happened this week. And so I'm going to name just very briefly some of the paths discerned by our celebration of the epiphany marred this week by violence our celebration of the Epiphany, the story of the Magi, and also our story of John the Baptist in the wilderness making a way for Jesus. The Magi, the wise ones, 
they discerned a path. They discerned a path by following a star. And as Amy mentioned, there's so much that we don't know or completely understand about them, but we know that they discerned that path, um, perhaps utilizing ancient mystical wisdom or and or perhaps by using contemporary scientific knowledge that was available to them, some poetic mix of the mystical and the scientific helped them to discern a path. Then there was Herod to whom they first went, who also was trying to discern a path. He wanted desperately, wanted desperately to know the path to the infant Jesus, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have the ability on his own. He was dependent on the Magi. He could not read the signs on his own. He was a despotic tyrant, terrified and violently grasping to retain his power through a murderous plot. He needed the Magi to help him discern the path to the child so that he could keep his power. And they wisely went home by another way. Mary and Joseph and Jesus, aware of this murderous plot, they also discerned a path. They discerned a path that crossed a border that allowed them to flee into Egypt to wander as refugees for years in order to stay safe. These are just a few of the paths discerned in our Epiphany story. And then in our story from Luke, which we got to participate in, this morning, John the Baptist is discerning a path. He, according to the story, is going throughout the region around the Jordan, and he's hearkening back to Isaiah's making a way in the wilderness. He's finding his place, his spot, his path. And then there are people, all the people, the crowds, the crowds that we got to be this morning who were drawn to John the Baptist and to his message, and they are discerning a path too. Why did they follow this strange prophet into the wilderness? I suspect many of them were seeking. They were living under empire. They were seeking. They were seeking what? I don't, I, we, we can't know. I'm sure in some ways they were seeking similar things and also uniquely different things depending on who they were. They were seeking something, something better than the empire around them. They were seeking something freer, something more hopeful, something more just, something more compassionate. Perhaps they were seeking meaning in their life, seeking community connection and an experience of being together with others. They were seeking perhaps these and many other things, discerning paths. And then finally, there were specific groups of people who repeated the question over and over again, the question that we were able to repeat over and over again this morning, what should we do? People who came out seeking something different, something better, who asked very specifically and concretely then, what should we do? What should we do? What is the path we should take? should we do? So what should we do? What should we do as Jesus followers in this time, in this place? What should we do other than keep on keeping on? We say every week that we bear witness to and participate in God's vision of a just peace for all creation. God's shalom vision of justice and peace and wholeness for all peoples and all creation. So there you have it. What should we do? Keep bearing witness to and participating in God's vision of a just peace for all creation. And be assured that the Holy Spirit from our text who descended on Jesus like a dove, that that Holy Spirit is with us as well. 
to be assured that the God who called Jesus beloved calls us beloved too. Like so many of you, I went looking this week as I was inundated with the images of white supremacy and violence and insurrection, just raging and weeping at all these images. I went looking for the voices of elders and prophets and priests to help me ponder what then should I do? What then should we do? One of the most powerful elder teacher voices in my life was Vincent Harding, who has now passed. A professor of mine at Isle of School of Theology during my seminary days, prominent civil rights leader. And in my ILIF days, I not only got to know Vincent and Rosemarie Freeney Harding, his spouse, who has also now passed, but also their daughter, Rachel, Rachel Harding. And Rachel, along with Vincent, um, ran the Veterans of Hope Project, calling on those civil rights leaders of the 60s, Black-led Southern Freedom Movement, um, to come to Denver and to um, to preserve their stories in an oral history project. And Rachel Harding this week shared something that I would like to share with you. It's helping me as I ponder what then should I do? What then should we do? Someone asked me today, she writes, how my parents might respond to what happened in DC yesterday. I can't say for certain, but I do know that they would have been absolutely thrilled by the extraordinary grassroots organizing efforts that assured the victories of Senators Warnock and Ossoff in our home state, Georgia. That would have impressed and encouraged Rose and Vincent a great deal. I can hear them talking about how Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown and the hundreds of organizers who have worked with them were building on the traditions of Septima Clark and Dorothy Cotton and Fannie Lou Hamer. They would be talking about how this can be a powerful and beautiful sign for our nation if we embrace it. That a multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational network of community organizations led by black women is pushing our country towards some magnificent, magnificent democratic possibilities. They would see it as an exciting and portentous moment, all the more because of the mess at the Capitol was designed to move our attention away from what we are capable of creating together and focus it on performative whiteness. I think they would encourage us to build all around the country the kinds of community-based networks that focus not just on registering people to vote and ensuring that people are able to vote, although that is crucial, but that also strengthen our connections to one another. Groups of folks who check on their neighbors and make sure that everybody has what they need. People who share their resources and ideas and time to make each other's lives less stressful in the midst of this pandemic and beyond. I think they would want us to focus our energies on making more openings all around the country toward the just multiracial democracy that many of us want very much to see and experience here. I think that Vincent and Rose would tell us to keep our eyes on the prize. And based on the number of times I heard <laughs> dear brother and Dr. Harding say, keep your eyes on the prize, I'm, I am confident Rachel is right about that. <laughs> Be attentive, yes. Recognize the dangers, yes, she goes on. But know that our truest and strongest power as a nation comes from our traditions of community building, from mobilizing to take care of one another from expanding, not contracting, the structures of shared governance, ensuring that our elders 
and our children and everybody in between has what they need to be safe, to be housed, to be fed, to be appreciated. Building the welcome table large and strong so that there is room and abundance for all of us. From Rachel Harding, channeling the spirit of her parents, Vincent and Rosemary Freeney Harding. What then should we do? What then should we do? Build the welcome table large and strong so that there is room and abundance for all of us. I pray that her words and this time together with one another will offer you some measure of comfort and hope and clarity as they have me. Amen, and may it be so. Thank you, Megan. As we move into a time of prayer, let us sing together a familiar song, hopefully to many of you. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home and when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations and to bring peace among kindred, to make music in the heart. God of the lost and the broken, the prisoner, and the hungry God of nations and of each one of us, bring peace. Though Christmas has passed, you continue to dwell among us, O Holy One. Make music rise in our hearts that we may sing of your healing and your love in these days. And as a congregation, we bring to you our prayers this day, both silently in the chat box and aloud. For all who are living with anxiety and grief and rage and helplessness after watching the events of this week unfold in our media feeds and on our news screens, we pray for peace. We pray that your justice may be kindled in our nation, that hearts and minds may turn toward you. Fill our own hearts and minds with both comfort and compassion so that we may turn to each other for connection and action. Be the light, give us hope and to guide our way. We place in your care, Larry Scheffler and his recovery from surgery or a consistent nosebleed, send a healing spirit to surround him as he recovers at home. We pray that he might find rest and relief from that which ails him. With Caitlin this morning, we pray for her dad, Jeff, who is struggling with COVID and whose symptoms are only getting worse. We pray for the overburdened hospital system in Arizona, that he may 
rapidly receive the antibody treatment that he needs for him and so many who are anxious for healing we pray for ease and relief for all the those in our congregation who are grieving the loss of family members due to covid including megan and john john's uncle rex and joyce and andy joyce joyce's sister-in-law donna be with all these families and strengthen them and their connections to each other. We pray for those in the midst of the grief and loss and stress already brought on by pandemic who are experiencing pregnancy loss around our families who are grieving today. For the GLA community and those touched by the Women's Spa Day we give thanks for the life of Melinda Lewis, to whom everyone was a darling. We grieve her death and the hole that will be left in the lives of her family and community that she loved and cared for. We continue to hold the North Seattle shelter at the Oaks in your care, praying for a speedy preparation, giving thanks for all those who have offered their time and expertise and labor in making the space ready to receive guests. Turning to the chat. Praying with Annalena and family for Magnus, whose seizures have continued this week. And for Annalena's aunt Hilda in Mexico as she recuperates from a broken hip and femur. Praying with Ruth, oh God, give us all wisdom. And give our leaders wisdom. And with the Llewellyns, this week Kate had a complicated miscarriage hospitalized her for about 24 hours. She's recovering at home now, but lost a lot of blood. So her activities are very restricted. We ask for prayers for a smooth and swift recovery for Kate, strength and patience for Jacob as he cares for her and acceptance for Julia. as she tries to understand why mommy can't pick her up. Praying with Elizabeth for her niece, Julia, a social worker who experienced an outbreak of COVID in the facility she manages for people experiencing homelessness in Arizona. She is young and strong, but is homesick with COVID-19 now protect her and her young family. And with Mike, a prayer of thanks for Robin for the time she takes giving care to him while also busy with preparing for and teaching classes. God of the lost and the broken, the prisoner and the hungry, God of nations and each one of us, may we be bringers of peace and healers of the broken. May we be rebuilders and repairers. And when we are those who are hungry and in chains, may we find release and repair through you and through your servants. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We invite you to sing with us one more time. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer when I 
We are grateful in these days of the gift of each one of you gathered together. We're grateful too for the ways that you all give to this community of yourselves and of your money. We'll be using a sung blessing over the next few weeks. And if you know it, you are welcome to sing with me. Uh, and if you don't know it, listen to the blessing and receive it and sing as you come to know it. <clears throat> it is in our hymnal. <clears throat> Grant us, Lord, the grace of giving with the spirit large and free that ourselves and all our living we may offer unto thee. Our closing song for today is again an opportunity to hear our own voices, this time from Advent in 2018. Praise the one who breaks the darkness. benediction this morning receive these words a slightly adapted version of the haiku that Megan shared when our words are stuck God rage and weep in us now send us in your grace amen